listening to episode 192 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at the Netflix Showcase Canada co-production of Travelers, starring Eric McCormick and Jared Abramson. And they just keep getting better and better, and I don't know. So we picked a good one. Yeah, 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 definitely. Well, you picked it. Well, yeah. I I, I went along with it. Yeah, I know. But but we got lucky. Yeah, it's a great show. It is a really great did. show. Really strong. And, uh, and I, I wouldn't say like necessarily better and better because the last episode was just so tight all around. This was a very good episode as well. But well, I don't know if I'd say it was better than the last one. Well, it, it was certainly different, and, and we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. And and I stuck with my A- minus last week, and, and I thought about it, but I figured I'd just oh, go with my right. gut on that one. You did get an A-. minus. I forgot about that. Yeah. But before we get to that, Wayne and I want to remind you guys, as always, love to hear from you via email at sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com. Or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the Leave Voicemail tab. You can record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment. Or just send us a tweet at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. And we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. And then uh, I mentioned, I think two weeks ago, as of April, I believe it's April 1st. I'll certainly send out a tweet and post it on the Facebook group. But if you put in the url sci-fi tv rewatch.com it won't take you anywhere now if you subscribe during to itunes you don't have to do anything at this point and in stitcher you shouldn't have to do anything it's just that if you put that in your uh, browser and you know it's probably not going to take you anywhere so we're technically still uh fatalist.podbean.com which Sci-Fi TV Rewatch just directed people there and without getting into the technicalities. Probably not a big deal, but thought I'd throw it out there for now. <laughs> so, all right. Now, a little bit of sci-fi news. And, and this is one, I don't think you and I have talked about this, but Hulu is going to be dropping a new series on April 4th called Dimension 404. Do you have Hulu? No. Okay. That's the only one you don't have, I guess. Right. Pretty much. Right. Now, I've seen the pilot. And it, it kind of has a lot of Twilight Zone elements to it, though, with a lighter touch. You certainly find yourself laughing a little bit, but but it's by no means a comedy. It appears it's going to address contemporary technological and social issues, you know, not un, unlike, uh, gosh, no, I can't think of the other show that's on uh, Netflix that has a different episode. The, there's, there's uh, what is it? Dark Mirror. Dark Mirror. Thank you. Uh, so, so it appears it's going to be that sort of a format where it's not serialized, mm-hmm. but it does deal with technology and its impact on us. Uh, the first episode was titled Matchmakers, which features Joel McRae in this futuristic tale of dating services. And I really enjoyed it a lot. So uh, that's something that if you have Hulu, you might want to pay attention to and, and most of you probably know 404 is that error code you get when your web page won't load. Right. All right. Now, the other thing, and this is a show I don't watch. I think you told me you did watch it at one time, and that's Big Bang Theory. No. Oh, you never did either. No. The only episode I ever – I never saw the whole episode. I was just like kind of switching channels, and I ran across uh, the one that Summer Glau was in. Nice. So I, I, she was like in this one scene. So I watched the one scene and um, determined that even with Summer Glau in it, it still it really 
I didn't think it was that great. So well, and, and I'm not. I should judge it. Really. I shouldn't say. I, I don't know. It, it just like it wasn't one of the things I thought. Oh, I shall continue to watch this. You know, well, like, well, here's what got my attention, and, and I've still never watched an episode at all. So I haven't even seen as much as you've seen. It's currently in its tenth season, and it just got renewed for two more on CBS. I looked at the numbers; they are huge. So it's a very popular show. Clearly, they're doing something right, but still, yeah. I just don't well, see it. Here's here's the thing, and I actually recognized this as I was as I was passing by. Like, it's one of those things that like all the jokes were central to like the characters, right? Like, if I understood, if I was, had been watching it and knew who these characters were. I, it probably would have been very, very funny. But as it is, it wasn't funny at all because I, I didn't know anything about the characters. And so, you know, the the jokes and the wisecracks and everything just fell on deaf ears with me. But like I said, obviously, if you are already into the show, then, you know, the jokes would you'd get and they would be very funny because, you know, well, I'm not saying Americans' taste in television is impeccable, but, you know, those numbers – yeah, you know, that's something. It is something, and at some point, maybe of course I'll the voice get... is still going, right? Yeah, Survivor, I think, and Big Brother. Those shows are still going, right? Yeah. So, you know, there is that as well. Yes. So, well, why don't we just leave it there <laughs> before I mention that my wife and I are now four episodes into the arrangement, the E Network's new scripted drama, starring, oh, featuring, whatever. Oh. Lexa Doig. Lexa Doig, right. And some other people who I and, just kind of don't even notice them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's actually okay. It, it's my wife enjoys it. It's Lexa Doig and she's you, you awesome. You could have her with a green screen and you'd think it was amazing. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of green screens, uh, I don't think Travelers uses them. Well, they probably yeah, do at some point. Uh, but... It's like, how on earth are you going to make that segue? <laughs> I know. Oh, right. but actually, there is. I could say this really because um, the other night uh, we had my youngest. Uh, all the other, the older kids were all out someplace or another, and our youngest uh, was home. So we had a little movie night with her. And we let her choose, and she decided she wanted to watch the original, the original version of The Parent Trap, the Haley Mills version. Oh, wow. And so there's these scenes where like they're walking through Central Park or the one she's with Brian Keith and they're driving the car. It's so blatantly obvious that, you know, they're in a studio and it's just a green screen behind them. And uh, my wife goes, you know, uh, you know, like movies have come so far, you know, from, from there to here. And Nora was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You know, like, like, like. Well, they're not really driving, nor you know, it's, they're not really in a park. They're they're in a studio. You can see. And she's like, "Well, how can you tell?" You know, it's just, <laughs> it was really funny. Oh, uh, youth, yeah, God, love it. So that's great. Unfortunately, all three of us fell asleep before the end of the movie, though. Oh uh, well, but that you know, that movie holds up. That that is a flat out funny movie. Well, it's been you a know, long still. time since I've seen that one. I've certainly seen the one with Lindsay Lohan, which yeah. w- was great. It's pretty it, good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They, she. Well, that's the thing. She loves that movie so much. She's just like, oh, there's another one with different people. You know, so. But the original still holds up. It was. I was laughing. I thought it was very funny. Still. Yeah. Well, does she? That like, was 1961. Does she like Mean Girls? Uh, I even haven't seen Mean Girls oh, yet. So. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you're not going to let her see that yet. But uh, all right. Well, let's let's get into Travelers and, and away from Lindsay Lohan. Uh, this and is Haley episode Mills. seven of season one, entitled Protocol Five. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to stop you right there for a second because, as last week, 
you know, when Netflix, the, the, the title pops up first, right? Right. And I saw Helio 685 and I'm like, oh, dude, oh my God. Like I was already like so psyched because like I, I thought this, this one's going to be amazing. For this one, I saw the, the title pop up and I was like, uh, I did not have high hopes for it because, you know, obviously we know protocol five is to continue on with the person's life, right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, they're just going to get in their stories about how they're dealing with the, the being a travel in the world today. And I was like, I wasn't very, very amped for that at first. Well, thank God they didn't do that. Oh, wait. Yes, they did. Yeah, but they did very skillfully. Oh my gosh, so, did they? Yeah, I still I, I liked it a lot. But when I first saw the title, I was I was not thrilled. Well, well, this one was written by S. B. Edwards, Ashley Park, Pat Smith, and Jason Whiting. Directed by Helen Shaver, who also directed 106 Helios. And I noticed that the directors are directing in pairs. That Andy Makita directed 102 and 103, Martin Wood 104, 105, Helen Shaver 106, 107, and it looks like uh, moving forward uh, it's going to continue. So uh, it's an interesting way to do things. I, I, it certainly would seem that you save money because of logistics because you've got the team already in place. Sure. So all right, well let's take a look at this episode. You already mentioned that protocol five says in the absence of direction, maintain your host's life. And like you, when I watched this the first time, I thought this is kind of a slow moving episode. Not a lot happens, but boy, did it impact me differently the second time around. And, you know, you just said last week that you don't care for the nonlinear episodes and, and certainly that's what we have here. Each character's coping in his or her own way, and and we assume it's all taking place at the same time. So I guess well, we I would call it like nonlinear. I just like the 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 well the point A to point B to point yeah. C. You know? uh, right, right. I te- yeah, the the, the single storyline res multiple story. Right, like here we're at multiple storylines. Yeah, for all, sure. All on point A. So which again, well, again, just the title itself would indicate you're going to have multiple storylines because you know they're all going to follow their own lives lives right, right. now you know the other thing that i i felt when i watched it the first time was f- i had flashbacks to 24 and, and you watched 24 right yeah i'm actually still wa- the watching the new one okay well I, I don't remember i believe it might have been season four it, w- it was the episode where he'd been tracking down the suitcase nukes right. for whatever right. He, oh yeah, the Semtech. And then, well, he takes care of it. He's I remember he's in a parking garage. It's like the 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 world is saved. He's leaning against the car, catching his breath, and his cell phone goes off. And there's another yeah. crisis. I'm like, right. are you kidding me? And well, I, that was only like hour twelve, so they had another twelve episodes to go. So well, course, I don't care. I was. But you think he was just gonna go back to the office and take a nap for like? All right, that's the next three episodes. We're just gonna show him sleeping. Yeah, I don't know. It just, <laughs> but it just, I don't know. I just thought this is absurd, so I stopped. And of course, it's absurd. Like the whole if it's it was absurd from. Word one, you know, you, you have to, you have to give in to the absurdity. All right. I, I, in retrospect, perhaps you're right, but I like it's season four. No, yo, it's season five. Okay. Well, whatever. I, but it, and I, I'll grant you that, that it did get even more absurd with that season. Um, season four was the last, like really of the, the classic 24 seasons. So I think they've kind of gotten back to it a little bit. Um, 
this season. It's actually I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, but I really liked what they did here, which was the, you know this huge mission. They're not even totally convinced that it was successful, and they have all this time to decompress and. Right, yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, well, we were successful, so what do we do now? Well, right, and uh, they're like, yeah, what, what do we do now? Well, what yeah. was so well done was this you know, th- this story where everything's beginning to spiral out of control as the team members face the reality of the future. They didn't really anticipate. I mean, you know, they knew in the back of their minds that the whole idea of living out someone's life was a possibility, but I'm guessing it's one of those things that, nah, that's not going to be us. Yeah. Well, you're focused on the mission, right? Right. And so like everything else is kind of wayside. Right. And And then now the mission's done and you're like, oh yeah. Well, yeah. And it just becomes so clear how ill-prepared each of them is to carry out protocol five. Right. And and now completely ill-prepared. Right. Like they didn't even have the right information in the first place to properly know anything about this person. Like at first, right? Sure. Right. I mean, you know, there were certainly huge nuances of each individual that had they known beforehand, I don't know that they would have been able to say, hey, I don't want that body, but at least they would have been a little bit better prepared for what it was going to be like. Right. And it appears that each of them suffering residual effects from the mission at Van Heusen, but but I, I guess we later learn it, the antitoxin after effect was you know certainly playing a role in the hallucinations that they were having or were they i mean is it yeah. partly guilt right right um or are people like really messing with them well that again you you mean like when marcy sees it on the tv screen again the the yeah, or the, Carly, right? Or uh, Carly, I'm sorry. The the, right. the, the message is, when are you from yeah, and all that? Yeah. yeah. So we assume that's a hallucination, but sometimes I'm not exactly, even watch it the second time, I'm not 100% sure. I know. Yeah. Now, the other thing that, that we get a little more clarity, maybe, uh, Philip is at that AA meeting, and I, and I really like the developing <laughs> oh, that relationship. That was awesome. That scene was so good. Well, what did you like about it? Well, I like how he just spilled his guts and, you know, confess to everything. And then like, then we real, you know, cause at, at first I'm like, oh, the first time I watched, I'm like, oh my God. You know? And then you think, well, oh, well maybe this is a traveler's kind of self-help group. And then, uh, and it turns out he just imagined the whole thing or, you know, it was just in his head. Right. But he does say hundreds of years from now, you know, when he's unable to remember the face that he was born with. So that would put us at least 2216. If it's, you know, he said hundreds of years, well, that's at least 200. So that would put us at least in 2216, but I would think it's likely further into the future. Now, why does that become important? I mean, I think it's nice to have some sort of a a reference point, but a fair amount of time must have been spent studying 21st century customs, speech patterns, because, you know, they don't really have that many hurdles to overcome as they blend into their new roles. I mean, you know, there are certainly some things that, that and I think we see it in McLaren more than anyone else. Right. Well, so they're from 24 or something, right? Is, is that what it is? Yeah, because they told us, did they tell us last time? I 
I thought we got a solid date last time. Um, gosh, did I forget? All right. Well, anyway. Yeah, I think you did. So let's say there are about you know 400 years in, in the future. Well, all right, think about that. If we went back to 1617, like trying to fit in. Oh, exactly. Then, you know, like, like how different is our world from that world? Exponentially, you even throw in like the rate of increase of technology and everything. How different will... Um, you know, the world 400 years from now be. So, you know, I, I, looking at it that way, uh, trying to get that reference point there, it's like you can see the the challenge that they're, they're, they're facing. Right. Now, the opening scene in this episode I, I thought was pretty cool. They're, they're celebrating what they perceive to be a successful mission, but it, it's uncle- – No, 2144. Okay. Uh, so it's not that much further. That's only 100. And- okay, but, but we keep – and that's being – ultra conservative so you know maybe we'll find out a little bit more because we get little tidbits each time but philip determines they saved 91 million people now i'm not sure how he determines that mclaren however worries that they may have prevented one disaster only to create a scenario which could lead to another one and 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 i guess now that he's here and of course they have the benefit of the historical record how accurate it is in their time, we don't necessarily know for sure, but he assumes that the Russians are going to know that it was an antimatter blast and that this may very well reopen another Cold War. And that's really, I mean, they've certainly talked about changing the present, i.e. changing the future, but this is the first time that it's it's kind of gotten real, you know? Yeah. Well, well, right. well they, again, like they really haven't had time to reflect on it at this, you know, because it's always been go, 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 mission, mission, mission. So they haven't. Now this is the first time they had to really say, "Oh, right." Well, what if, what if, what if we did what we came here to do? Well, what right. If we save the future. And having lived through the Cold War ourselves, we also know, and, and you know, heck, even young kids that didn't live through it have again the benefit of the historical record know how close we came to World War III and nuclear potential nuclear holocaust. Right. Well, and they've seen, you know, X-Men first class, so they know. Well, there you go. You haven't seen that. Have you seen X-Men I have. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen all the X-Men. So you know how close we came. Right. I've seen all the X-Men up to the most recent one. What's the most recent one? Apocalypse. Apocalypse. I have not yeah. seen that yet. It's... Uh, well, that's what I heard. But the, the, you need to see Deadpool like ten times before you go see Apocalypse. Okay, you still haven't seen Deadpool yet, have I, you? No, I haven't. No, oh. Dave, I, I have not. No, I know. Dave, Dave, right. Dave, Dave. Um, you're gonna love it, dude. I swear, like after you watch it, you're gonna be like, "How have I never seen this movie? This movie is so awesome." I'm telling you, well, that's exactly what you're gonna say. Okay, you'll probably say that like ten minutes into the movie. Okay. Uh, I, you know, look, how long did it take me to see X-Men? And then I went and watched them all, and they it were took they were great. A long time. I had to nag you a lot. I too. know. You did. So, all right. Well, the thing about the Cold War, though, we're much more advanced technologically. Plus, you look around the world, and we have a lot more unstable governments that have technology than yeah, we including had. Including our own. Well, <laughs> that, that, that we had in the 60s where it really was just the Soviet Union and the United States sure, that, sure. that had the 
the bomb. So, you know, that was certainly interesting. Then also in that opening scene, nobody knows whether or not there are any other missions or whether they now have to just live out the lives they've assumed, which is clearly frightening for each one of them. And it's almost as if they've created a future in which they're not needed anymore. Right. And, you know, it, we see a character like that. If you remember in Continuum, Kira's partner, the Elena, that got zapped to a mm-hmm. different time and then just ended up living out her life. And, and you know, she had a good life. But I, I think, yeah. again, that harsh reality is, is starting to sink in for these sure. guys. Well, and Elena didn't have the challenge of having to resume someone else's life, right? And what yeah, the big thing that uh, most of them are, are, of them are struggling with is having to carry on with the life that someone else was living up to that point. Right. And we finally saw something that we'd been talking about for yep. for several weeks because we see each of the team members. Brown chicken, brown cow. Yep. Uh, McLaren in bed with his wife. But then, of course, he's lying awake all night long. Yeah. We see Philip out well, on the street. Well, he's picturing, which we assume is Carly, right? Well, that that was later on. Remember was that? that later w- on? That was after the party, right? The opening scene, he's just lying in bed, and you see the, yeah. the digital clock and, and all of yeah. that. And yeah. I think for him, it's just, what the hell am I going to do now? So, but the harsh reality, daily life hits home. Philip has to score some drugs. Trevor goes shopping with his girlfriend, but of course. They've got this little shoplifting routine in place that apparently Trevor is the one who created it. Uh, Carly's crying baby is causing a lot of emotional stress. And and I think that's probably what produces what she sees on the TV. But as you pointed out a few minutes ago, maybe not. What if that is real? Um, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, you know, like that's, you know, possible, right? Yeah. And then what the hell kind of surgery is Marcy performing? It's well, she's putting something that's supposed to like... I know. Yeah, but yeah, she's just like, well, she is a doctor, right? I mean, it's a, a it literally was a bloodbath. Yeah. Now... What we, she was just like, what's the big deal? Right? right. Right. So, I mean, I think it, it, it does make sense in this case uh, to talk about character by character. So, you know, if we start with Grant McLaren... And his partner, and again, I thought this was brilliant the way they did it. His partner's like, dude, mm-hmm. you got to help me out. I really screwed up. You know, don't ask any questions. Come with me. You know, this really serious cryptic request for help. Which is great because, like, we're there with him, right? Like, we don't know what to expect either. But, like, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's almost like we had the surprise party throw for us because we weren't expecting that at all. Right. And we didn't really think it was something to do with McLaren uh, and, and all the lies he's been telling. We really did think it was something that he did. Of course, as you said, it turns out to be a simple surprise party. But why is he so serious once he realizes what's going on? I mean, why can't he just say, ha you got me. Good one. Where, yeah, where's the I, beer? I, I think, well, it, it appears that it's, you know, it's weird referring to them by their the names of the people that they took over, but we don't have anything else to go by, right? But whoever he was before is probably a, a fairly sober, serious-minded individual who, you know, it doesn't seem like – because he doesn't really – you know, there's not a lot of levity to McLaren's character. Well, no, there's not. 
And, and, and I guess there really can't be because he's in charge. Right. And, and he probably, he comes from a time where it appears that there really wasn't any levity then either, right? It just seems like it's a very bleak future. So he's a, a serious person from a bleak future. So, you know, that's kind of what I chalked it up to there, maybe. Yeah. And, and the other thing I thought about was that fact that the realizations hit home that I'm going to live out this life. And then, you know, out of his control, he's got a face cat who's there. Of course, it's a party for him. And I guess his 15th year with the, uh, with the Bureau. And she, of course, comes through and kisses him. But, you know, it was uh, it was pretty intense. And, you know, back at the party, they present him with a jersey with number 15 on the back. But but again, I thought that was brilliant. He sees it as Helios 685. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, again, especially because Carly has already had her little vision at this point, I think. Right. Yes. So right. um, and, and yeah, so dis- we're really weirded out by this. We're like, what the heck? Like, um and they they said something about the director too, didn't they? They did. Yeah, and, and I mean, we learn later that they all kind of concur that the the after effects of the uh, antidote to the the poisonous gas was causing the hallucinations. But you know, it was probably a combination of, of all of it. Yes, the drugs perhaps weakened them, but. Again, I, th- I think it, what they're actually seeing. Okay, it's one thing to have a hallucination. Why did you choose to see that? Right, right, right. So, so now Cat tries to take a photo, but he's changed his phone's password. Mm-hmm. And given everything we've seen in their relationship, you knew that was going to come back to bite him. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. and and like the whole, you know, him. Uh, lying to Forbes about taking Kat to the doctor and everything. You know, it's just like, what is it? Pope who said, oh, with a tangled web we weeb when first we practice to deceive. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> you said Pope. You know who I'm thinking of? Um, Pope in Falling Skies. Yes, right. Okay, I was trying, <laughs> I was trying to think what's going Yes. And actually, he was a relatively erudite guy for, yeah. you know, the people he hung out with. He, maybe he said that too, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, Sure what that's happened? Not... Did he get killed in the end? Uh, I... Because he, he broke bad, right? He was yeah. Like, oh, I can't remember. Uh, well, I know he got wounded severely. I think he, he it got to the point where he was wounded such that there's no damn way he should be alive. Oh, because he should he like, right, alive. right at the end. Yeah. Like he pops up like they're on the beach, right? Right. But but you mentioned Forbes and, and you know, Kat talks to him and it's clear they both sense something's wrong but neither pursues it. And it's almost as if they're both afraid of what they're going to find out. And then right. of course he's forced to give a speech at his service party, but then he starts seeing the faces of those he left behind. And, and again, why would you feel guilty if you thought the mission was successful? And um, then, you know, I, I mean, just it's, I don't know. I mean, maybe just human nature, you know, like even, yeah, like like soldiers in war and like you know post traumatic stress disorder and things like that. Like you just, you know, like you just been through a very very stressful situation and you know like need to process that. Yeah, yeah. Now you know, speaking of processing, I mean, you mentioned that you know when McLaren and Cat finally do have sex, that he's visualizing 
Carly. So we, we, I think it's reasonable to say we actually see what Carly looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Before that, though, you know, we've been waiting for this confrontation for, for weeks. And he says, I'm not who you think. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, where are you going with this, dude? Yeah. Uh, because yeah. the well, you know, like I said, even if they he totally confesses what the truth is, she's just gonna think he's nuts. Yeah, sure. You know, to never believe that. Right now, you, you see, she's got her number tattooed on her neck, and right. I'm assuming they probably all do. But what's the deal with that? Yeah, I mean, it's I almost as what you do with prisoners. So again is that something that's going to or be soldiers or right. soldiers but yeah yeah i guess or soldiers people or- in the the russian mafia as we we saw an era this last week well we but see we see they all have their heads shaved we you know we see the brown kind of burlappy looking clothing that they all seem to be wearing yeah but at the end of it all cat's convinced he's cheating on her and the only thing well, I can but come then up he, with, he, he then does the, well, you know, I'm not cheating on you here. Let me have sex with you to prove it. Right? No, but I'm saying that's after. Remember, they uh, had sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, she gets up it? and she texts her mother. Yeah, I, okay. I didn't see what the, I, like, I can never see that that little the text stuff. I don't feel like pausing to go look and see what they were texting. So. Okay. Right. So okay. She, so that, what'd she put in the, in the text then? Well, I forget the exact wording, but it's that I know he's cheating on me. And, uh, and you saw she was sending it to her mom. And okay. I'm thinking like, okay, he just like, you know, was really aggressive in a, in a good way. And I'm thinking, okay, did he use some moves that he shouldn't be using? Right, right. <laughs> you know, hey, yeah. where, where'd that come from? Well, he looked like he used the moves that he used on Carly. So, which I guess is, that's his point of reference. But Right. Yeah, she was like, yeah, where, where'd that come from, right? Like, that's new. So, again, I... Are we, are I, we still going to be able to put a G rating on this one when we're done? Uh, maybe. But uh, obviously, it's got to be something that she can't let go. I mean, how do you, when you take it all together, you've you've changed the password on your phone. Yeah. And, and apparently, you both, I mean, I, look, I don't know about you. I mean, you know, it's like with, with, with us, I set my wife's phone up, you know, hey, what do you want your password to be and right. all this? And she knows mine. And, and it's, you know, it's no big deal. Right. And if and if she changed it all of a sudden and wasn't sharing it with you, then you would definitely like bells would be freaking going off there, right? Well, true, true. Of course I'm not sure she would know how to do that, but uh. <laughs> so if she did well then you'd be like, Who changes yeah, for you? Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> so all right. Well, Philip we don't see a whole lot of Philip. I mean really we see more of mclaren and and marcy yeah but the phillips is quality though exactly what we have and really the same with carly as well but i i love the developing relationship with with ray we don't see him a lot but when we see him as you said it's really meaningful and he's just wandering the streets uh ray finds him stops and all get out to buy him some food and get him to eat. And and then again, you know, his whole hallucination is over what it is he's eating. And I got to do say, dude, man, that cheesesteak or whatever it was in those fries. It looks pretty good. Huh? It was looking good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not what he imagined it was, though, which kind of looked like the stuff. You, you saw The Matrix, right? I did. So it's like, you didn't remember the stuff that they were eating? Yes. The, the, yeah. So that's what kind of reminded me of. Yeah. What it also reminded me of is what he said. 
know, basically, I swore I'd never eat this stuff. Yeah. I'll enter. Um, that was like ramen noodles for me. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like, right when I graduated from college, I'm like, I am never eating ramen noodles again. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to get a job. I'm going to be able to actually afford food that isn't gross. Yes. Yeah. And that's what, like you said, and, and we already know that there, there seems to be no meat in the future for right. whatever. And it seems to be rather like that uh, oatmeal stuff situation rather than a choice. Um, right. Now, Ray decides that Philip, and, and, I, and I think he's got a good point here, though, that, that Philip needs something to care about. And I'm so glad they did not buy a puppy. Because uh, yeah. I really, you know, that that kind of, you know, the way you are with kids, and, and I certainly get that. Uh, I'm kind of that way with with animals that you know, no good would come of of him having right. a puppy. But a turtle, but they're not, not going to kill off a puppy, though, dude. I know, probably not. But but just, I I, I would I would fear they would just like leave yeah. it, and well, we and we right, wouldn't exactly. see. You'd be anxious about it yeah. all the time. Right, but and like the, we, we, well, you might be anxious about the turtle, not quite so much as if it were a little cute little puppy, right? Right, but I like the turtle because the turtle is forced inside this box, inside this glass ah, box. Nice, and it, and it's sort of the way they are. Yeah, yeah. You know? I didn't even look at it that way. All I can think about was the one time when you know we were, my wife and I got first married, and we were kind of thinking like you know let's. Gets, let's get a pet. You know, we don't want a dog just yet because we're like in the apartment and everything. But let's check out turtles. So we went like to the pet store, ask about turtles. Turtles are like super hard to care for. Like you got to maintain like this the right pH in their water and everything. Like it's like it's very delicate thing. So I don't know if getting the heroin addict, the turtle, is really going to work out well for the turtle. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, my niece has a turtle, although she, I think she has some kind of exotic turtle, although it looked like the one Philip had was, I mean, yeah. as opposed to those little... You get sick, like, really easy, and you just really got to do a lot to take care of turtles. You got to keep their stuff, like, super clean all the time and everything. But see, he can relate. What does a turtle eat? I don't know. Heroin? Just, just like lettuce and stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah, Vegetarians. Right, right. Yeah, so. I get, yes, right. All right, so we mentioned the AA meeting that Ray takes him to, and, and you know Ray's giving his testimony, and then of course Philip hears it as something related to the director and the mission. And I, I, again, as I alluded to a few minutes ago, I really think Ray cares for Philip. Now, maybe I'm naive. Maybe it's really just about keeping the tips coming, but I don't know. And and no, well, if 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 that's all he wanted from, why would he bring him to this? group why would you bring this addiction group well you don't want them to go off the rails you know you, you do want the information to keep coming so yeah but true but you know i think ray also knows that i mean if, if it were just purely heartless then you know he could uh, the other side of it is that if he's on drugs all the time he's not he's more likely to be i can mold him i can make him do what i want to do you know, like if he needs drugs, I can get him drugs, but I'll make him tell me picks and stuff like that. Yeah, that's so, true. So to me, it seemed like this was like a heartfelt, I want you to get help thing. Well, good. But, I mean, that's certainly what I hope it is. And and I think if we were going to make a prediction, I think, you know, who's going to be the first outsider 
that's let in on the secret. I mean, I guess we could argue Dr. Delaney. Yeah, especially Dr. Really Delaney, the first. as they've totally already done that. You know, but now now we've got, you know, is the next one going to be Cat? Is it going to be David? Is it going to be Ray? Okay. I mean, it's certainly not going to be Trevor's girlfriend. <laughs> no, but it uh, might because she's just so hot. He's going to well, tell Well, you know, maybe Carly will tell the baby. And the baby yeah. goes, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Carly. And he mean, will immediately soil his shorts in response. Yes. Uh, she thinks somebody's surveilling her. That You know, their camera feed appears on her television monitor, and, and she tears the house apart. Yeah. Can't find the source of the video feed. But then in the reality, the woman from Child Protective Services comes for a visit because Jeff has made a complaint. And on the one hand, you can't blame him. I mean, you certainly could argue he's doing it, uh, you know, as, you know, somewhat an act of revenge. Yeah. Well, what's he going to do? Well, like, I understand. He doesn't seem like a guy who can really care for a kid, you know? No, no, no. But on the other hand, that he sees the baby's mother yeah, kind of going off a little bit. Well, just because she beat him up you know like yeah right but she's convinced <laughs> that that this woman's sent by someone you know who the director right right um all right now marcy <laughs> david comes home to find marcy bloody having performed surgery on herself to implant the device as you said to minimize her seizures and you know she's in this white you know i don't know nightgown blood all over her, and she's totally calm He's freaking yeah. out. Yeah. And she's like, dude, it's a little bit of blood. He's like, no. How do you not recognize this? He says. Yeah. <laughs> and then now, does she only kiss him to shut him up? Uh, I'm guessing that's what it is at that point. I mean, yes. But, it, you know, like I'm thinking she really does, again, like – you know, as we talk about Ray and Philip, I think she really does care for David. You know, like because she called him when she thought she wasn't going to come back, right? Yeah, like he's the guy she called. So, well, and, and you think about it, it's almost as if they really do need somebody outside of the group to to hold on to. And I guess the hard part is that you can't really tell them the truth. But it's almost as if this other person can be an anchor to 2016. I mean, certainly they've got their other team members, right? But so, so whether it's going to be Cat for McLaren, I mean, up to here, it's probably been his partner more than his wife, right? And for Trevor, I mean, at this point, he's just kind of floundering. I mean, his girlfriend. Well, I think he's kind of connected with his mother. He has connected with her. We haven't seen it a lot, but I think we certainly sense it's there. Sure. His girlfriend takes a little bit of a turn in this episode. You know, when we yeah. get to Trevor, we'll, we'll talk about but that. But she was like, uh, so here's what I kind of don't. All right, you're right. We'll talk about it later with Trevor. Okay, my bad. Okay, continue. Right, so, so, so David tries to relax Marcy with reflexology, which she claims is bogus. Yeah. But she then sees the face of a man that we don't know. So from the future, which would be her past, even though he puts two and two together that she was involved with the explosion at Van Heusen, he continues to stay relatively calm until she starts bleeding from the nose. And we're wondering, because we know that she is sick. 
We don't know how old she is, you know, as we do with Trevor, but we do know that she's suffering from some sort of an illness that is going to kill her sooner rather than later. So, well, it's it's because uh, she because of Marcy, right? It's because her her brain and, and Marcy's brain are like not compatible. Like, right, right. So, how close to death is Marcy? I mean, yeah. are we going to lose Marcy in this season or? In season two, I mean, look, again, we're in a day and age of, of television, and I think it's for the better that most characters are not safe. No, no. Well, you know, like Game of Thrones is really up the ante on that. Sure. Um, but, yeah, you're right. You know, we don't – there's no character that we can get too invested in, you know, to think, all right, that guy – they're not going to kill that guy. Yeah. You know? well, Walking Dead, too, obviously. Is, right. You know, the, um, you, you know, the – the thing is, it's like as a science fiction TV show, they have the possibility of always coming up with a, a nice deus ex machina that can, you know, fix her. Like, oh, here's this special, you know, medicine that if I get this, then everything will be fine. Or, you know, this special procedure I can do. I just need this really futuristic technology to be able to do it. You know, something like that. Yeah. And, yeah, well, I guess, I guess we'll see. But have you ever watched Dr. Pimple Popper? To what? <laughs> no, what the hell is that? on YouTube? No. So, no. so I go. So, I mean, Doctor Pimple Popper is this dermatologist. Uh, I forget what her real name is. She's very attractive, and basically, she has somebody filming the procedures when people come into her office to have cysts and you know just all kinds of. Why on earth would I watch that, dude? I'm telling you, it's like you can't turn away. I oh man, I'm, that stuff grosses me out so much. All right, so I, so I met the dermatologist last last time I went, and uh, you know my, the guy, he's pretty pretty personable. So we're talking, and I just mentioned Doctor Pimple Popper. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, really, YouTube. He goes, hold on a minute. He grabs his laptop. <laughs> he says, what should I put in? I said, just put in Dr. Pimple Popper. He's like, oh my God. So he's sitting there like, okay, dude, you know, I know I'm not going to pay you any more because we're longer, but can can I go now? <laughs> right. Um, but I guess my point is some of these procedures that you see are nothing compared to what what is he doing? A spinal tap? It, it, I mean, no, it's, what, a, it's an epidural. Okay. Oh, that I recognize because you know, yeah, my yeah, wife but has yeah, but he was kids. withdrawing fluid. No, you oh. because he shows her a little vial, and it's almost like I expected her to say, "Yeah, that's enough." So yeah. no, I I don't I, th- I think I'm pretty sure it's an epidural. I'm not positive, okay. but that's I, I don't know exactly how it works. But you you put the thing in and then you pull that little thing out. They don't actually let me watch it when, like, it's my wife that, that she get got those when the, the kids were born. Um, so I didn't actually get to watch when the guy did. He actually made me leave the room when they put the. Well, geez, you in. can't even watch Doctor Pimple Popper, so I wouldn't expect right, you. Right, right. But I, re- I remember in uh, before uh, that, but you know, in in preparing for our first child, I, I, they uh, walked me through what will happen with the epidural and. Uh, so I think that's what's happening. I'm not positive, but I think that that's what's going on. Well, well, either way, why? You know, for what reason does he do this for her? And, and look, I, I've had a lot of negative things to say about David up to this point, but I got to give the guy credit in this episode because 
he is calm in the face of WTF. Yeah. And and now you want me to do this? You know, how far is it supposed to go in? Oh, and did you see? I guess it's the way she envisioned it that the needle came all the way out the other side. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's gross. Nasty. Um, here's th- this is the episode where my stance on David softens slightly. Like I still am not a hundred percent down with him being involved with you know like getting so personally involved with with Marcy, but. He does kind of prove himself to be a stand-up guy in, in this particular episode. Well, yeah, and, and my reason, in addition to you know him performing the uh, epidural or spinal tap or whatever it was, you know, additionally, she's lying on the couch after the procedure, and she's really putting him in an unfair position. I mean, at this point, we really feel for the guy because. Now it's past him just being a fool. It's it's almost as if she's taking advantage unless we believe that she simply doesn't know the effect she's having on him, which, okay, maybe she doesn't because she's from the future, but we certainly know there are relationships in the future because right, yeah. McLaren and Carly are involved in yes, one. Yes, exactly. So, you know, you saw that where it really would have made sense for him to put his arm kind of around her and you saw he wanted to but he realized no i that i shouldn't do that yeah and 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 i think it's past the point like we said last week that she's his counselor because at this point she doesn't need a counselor and i think if we, we take her to whatever board is going to examine her i mean what are they going to say that this girl's intellectually challenged are you kidding me right she doesn't need a social worker anymore True. So, you know, in in that regard, I think we have to cut the guy some slacks. And now it's just on her to really realize what it is about David. And and I I just think she's taking advantage of him. She should know at this point. She's definitely putting him in in uncomfortable. And like that kiss was just, you know, like you said, like mostly just to shut him up. But there's other ways you could do it, you know. Like the walking around naked stuff. I mean, you know, it's yeah. Or it's, just, it's 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 it is questioning whether she's kind of like doing this on purpose. But you know, like we assume that she kind of understands, like human relate. But maybe she doesn't. You know, maybe she didn't have any relationship back right. on in the future. You know, right? And she could be a guy. Well, you know, you keep saying that, and that is certainly possible. And 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 again, she could be a she could be a eighteen year old kid. Well, I, I like the way they've they've dropped details throughout the season, and we know we're getting a season two, so certainly that's good. Look, I guess with any show, this is kind of stupid of me to say. Well, if we knew we were getting four or five seasons, well, you know, no <laughs> show knows that. So. All right. Well, on to Trevor, who I know you had some things you wanted to say earlier and and held off. So, you know, we see him getting almost getting caught. Well, he does get caught stealing the clothes. He's caught. Yeah. He pays for them, but apparently the clerk is also a traveler. Well, is she or is it like. All right. So, A, is she a traveler? B, when she says the director is going to make you pay for this, does she mean like. Like the director of the store, ah, or C, it. is he imagining that she said that? 
Well, that could be. Yeah, you know what? That's probably the the reality is he probably imagined it. Yeah, gi- given everybody else imagining things. Right. 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 Of course, that that makes much more sense. So. <laughs> They get outside, confronts his girlfriend and best friend who insists this was his plan. At first, I'm thinking like, all right, can he blame the memory lapse on his concussion? But but no, it's, it's, it's all of what's been going on. He's been stealing his mother's pill. But the key takeaway is that fight between the two friends. Again, all of these characters have been seeing things. Philip sees himself saying all these things that he wants to say, but of course can't Trevor sees himself knocking the other guy out, but apparently it's him that took the punch, right? Cause he's the one that got knocked. And right. then I'm thinking like, all right, did that have to do with his age? Because the only thing physical we've really seen Trevor do is try to throw a football. Right. And that was pretty pathetic. Yeah. Well, we saw him fight when it was still Trevor. Oh, that's true. That's true. And, and we did. Funny because have you looked up anything about Jared Abramson? No. He's like really a, a, I am a, a MMA fighter. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, his record's well, like one and oh, but uh, uh-huh. according to IMDb, but, uh, but yeah, he's an actual real life, uh-huh. uh, you know, well, we did, dude. we did see him run on the track. After, yeah. after uh, you know, taking over. Well, we see this serious conversation with Renee about not having a purpose anymore. And, and, and again, we know what that's all about. And, you know, is she going to be the one that he confides in as opposed to his mother, who, as you said, is the only other person that, that he seems close to? But, of course, she thinks his purpose is related to football. But I mean, we see her in a little different light. She tells him, I was never with you because of football. And just with him because of the size of his penis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I found it fascinating to watch this very old man try to reason with this 18 year old girl. Sure. I I just, you know, that's one of the, the, the subtle nuances that this show is able to offer because of, you know, the details of, of these characters. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you mentioned about Renee and changing tacks here, which, which this is great because I, I, you know, I, having her be like this awful bean girl before it was like, I, I didn't know how I felt about that really. Um, but, uh, but it seems like just such a, a violent switch from because she was like really remember that that girl like she dumped her like her lunch tray and and broke her phone and stuff yeah like she was like super mean to that girl well and, and then she acted like the girl deserved like, it right right and and so now she's totally like oh well I only did that stuff because I thought you liked it so actually I'm a good person it just seemed a little hanky you know yeah. It's okay. It is. Because that Uh, scene where they're like meditating, that was like really good. Right. And then, you know, we talk about who's going to be the person that he tells the truth to and and how they handle it is obviously uh, something we'll wait to see. But he gets home, his parents confront him about the pills, and he tells them the truth, which of course they don't believe. And I'm thinking like, okay, not unlike telling the truth about time travels, but that's a 
conversation for another day. But that's just like I'm saying, like no one could even conceptualize what is actually what the the real deal is with these people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they're always going to say. Obviously, they they recognize that the person is very different than they were before, but they'll they would never think it's a different person. If anything else, they think they're suffering some kind of mental problems or something. Yeah. Yeah. But in Trevor, he's obviously improved because the old Trevor, quite honestly, seems like he was a real asshole. Sure. No question. Yeah. Yep. And we get to the closing scene, and I guess it's that Trevor feels like he can't stay at his house with his parents. So he goes to Phillips to crash, and, and they have that little exchange about their age incompatibility because uh, clearly Philip must be much younger than Trevor. And then suddenly, on the computer, they find out they have a new mission and a new purpose. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, they waited 42 minutes. Right. Unlike 24, which didn't wait at all. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, we don't want them to not have another mission, right? No, of course not. Like, the show isn't about them. You know, I mean, it's partly, obviously, about them integrating into the world of 2016 but really what we want to see is them trying to save the world by doing all these missions and stuff like that's that's really what drives the show so right and and you wonder whether it's going to be a situation where let's say the helios uh missile or i'm sorry the helios laser was successful but now it really does cause some other events to occur that they need to deal with that so it's almost like now they've got to put out a series of fires Right. Which, yeah, I mean, there's so many questions that we have here, you know, among which is, is the future inevitable, right? Like, no matter what they do, uh, and we've seen this in other time travel shows where basically the, the timeline is going to set itself straight no matter what. Right. A course you know? correction. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing is, is like, you know, does the director want them to save the future? Like we don't, we have no clue of what the director's motives are or anything. They blindly do whatever the director tells them to do. How do we know, you know, what what the director has in mind? You know, right, right. And the other travelers that we've met seem to be like them, you know, blindly trusting that that what the directors ask them to do is, you know, motivationally pure. Right. Except the, the travelers, the, you know, it seems like the longer you're here, the more cynical you get about your mission, you know, and I imagine start to ask the same questions that we're asking here. Like, what's what's the point? Why are we doing this? Right. Well, that's true. All right. Well, anything else you want to um, throw out there? So when Kat, so, yeah, so, yeah, so she texted her mom, right? You said, and then she like called someone too, right? Uh, I'm not sure if she did or not. She may have. She did. She does call someone, and and so we're like, I can't remember what she says, but you know, I I wrote down here that. Well, I remember thinking, you know, is she like? Does she actually know what's going on? That would be pretty cool. You know, is she in on this? Is she some kind of double agent or something? You know, like I don't know. No, so, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So. So I mean, every time I you know ask questions like that, usually by the next episode, I immediately see I was completely and terribly wrong. So 
And I'm not saying that she is. I'm just saying, yeah, that it's a possibility, right? Well, I, I mean, and really, I mean, it is a realistic possibility given everything we've seen so far. Right. So, well, what are you giving this one? Uh, I gave this one an A minus. <laughs> That's funny. And I gave it an A. So, okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, I just think the the way they handled what I feel is a natural course of events that that must be dealt with and must be processed. I thought they did it really well. It, it they didn't overkill it. They they certainly didn't give them no time to process and throw them into a, another mission immediately. And it's as if this you know this protocol five hangs over their head perhaps more ominously than anything else that they are forced to deal with. Right. You know, kill me. That would be easier than having to follow protocol five. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, we see that like the, you know, the, the life threatening stuff they do is on a par of hazardousness with the dealing with their everyday stuff, you know? Yeah. Like there's dangers of landmines all over the place. All right. Well, why don't we leave it there? Okay. Uh, it was a good one. Uh, good discussion. Uh, thank you. Like to thank you guys for joining us. We'd love to hear from you about uh, you know what you thought about the, our discussion, things you want to add to it. Uh, again, I want to keep mentioning librarians. Uh, I just got uh, some word that the second novel is getting ready to be released i believe it's in april so i'll have more information about that uh, shortly uh, encourage you to join the facebook group if you're already a member spread the word emails to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website we'll be back next week to discuss season one episode eight of travelers titled donner but until then dave you know i'm not big on long speeches So may you all have long lives.